Paul's writing to the Corinthians. Father, thank you for your word this morning. Thank you for your presence here. Thank you for your church. And Father, I pray that you would, as we open your word this morning, you would speak to each and every one of us. And it would just come into line with what you're doing in our lives, maybe already, or would just challenge us, just encourage us. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Yes, and Pastor Bill Wilson spoke on this, spoke on this, or opened with this message, with this, with this verse. And, and if you're in that meeting, you'll, I'm sure you'll remember it, although it was probably a long time ago. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 14 and verse 15, it says, For the love of Christ compels us, because we judge thus, that if one died for all, then all died. And he died for all that those who live should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. The Amplified <clears throat> translation, for the love of Christ controls and compels us because we have conducted, concluded this, that one died for all, therefore all died, and he died for all so that all those who live would no longer live for themselves, but for him who died and was raised for their sake. I don't know, maybe that's one of Pastor Bill Wilson's, you know, signature verses. <laughs> you know, I think to do what he does and to go where he goes and put himself, you know, at such risk, you, you, have, you can only do it with something that is driving you and motivating you beyond what you would normally experience or normally would consider, be considered to be normal or to be safe or whatever. See, behind every, every action is a motive. Sometimes that motive is result-based or is, is, is goal-based. You have a goal for something, you see something, and you want to achieve something, so that is what motivates you. <clears throat> Other times that motivation is, is root-based. There, there's something deep within you that causes you to do what you do, no matter what the circumstances are, no matter what is going on around you, no matter how, where you might find yourself. But there's something in you that causes you to do something and many times can be out of the ordinary. There's something motivating you. I'd say maybe let's call it something like we're motivated because it's, it, that motivation is root-based. You know, You know who you are. You know whose you are. You know whatever comes at you. It doesn't change that. And it causes you to be so strong in who you are. Did you ever take stock of where you are in Christ? Do you ever sort of think, you know, just, just, just take, a, take a check on yourself and then take a stock check of where I am in Christ. Where, where would I be if it wasn't for Jesus? What would I be doing? Where would I be if it wasn't for Jesus and what Jesus had done for me? Trouble is, sometimes I think we don't always grasp what he has done for us. Where he's positioned us and what he's done for us and how to get us to where we are. See, the, 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 lo the love of Christ got me to where I am. So when you take stock of who you are, what Christ has done in you, what Christ has done for you, you know, I, the, it's the love of Christ that got me to where I am. 
and it has changed me. It's changed me so much. It's changed me that my love for him then propels me into who I am created to be. When I, when I take stock of who I am, I know what he's done for me, uh, his love for me. And it has so changed me. And there is my love for him that propels me that, or compels me, if you like, to be and to become who I am created to be. How many of you know you are created to be as Christ sees you? See, he sees you different to how maybe you see yourself. See, when Jesus met Saul on the Damascus Road, Saul as he was, the persecutor of Christians, he, remember he is writing this, the, the, the right side, if you like, of his Damascus Road experience. When, 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 the, when Saul, who was the persecutor of Christians, before he became Paul, when, when he was knocked, if you like, off his horse and blindness came on him, and, and Jesus met with him, when he got up, he wasn't the same person. You see, when we meet with Jesus, when, when, you, when you become a Christian, when you give your life over to Christ... When, when, when you have that experience, say, well, I didn't have a Damascus Road experience. I believe, yes, we did have a Damascus Road experience because we were going in one direction and in, in our meeting with Christ turned us around and we go in another direction. He didn't get up the same as he went down. Now, many people have experience, of, experience of, 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 of the Holy Spirit working in their lives, and you may have been in a meeting when, or you may have experienced something, the power of God strikes you, comes over you, and you fall, maybe fall flat on your back. Has anybody ever experienced that? And you've had that experience, and you've prayed with people, maybe in a bang. And, 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 and I say, you know, we have that experience of, of Christ and the Holy Spirit working in our lives. But when we get up, we should be different. If our experience of Christ hasn't changed us, what was our experience of Christ? What was that experience? If it didn't change us, if we didn't get up different, what was that all about? You may come across people who say, well, oh, oh yes, I'm, I, I was filled with the Holy Spirit this time, that time. You know, where are you now? How did this change you? How did your encounter with Jesus change you? Because when you encounter, when you have a real encounter with God, it will change you. You can't get up the same. And you know, you may not say your experience with the Damascus Road experience, but it's a life-changing experience. Your life turned around and went and was, if you like, directed in another direction. And you'll often come across people who you'll see, well, the people who do crazy things. And it's because something is driving them. Some people do crazy things, dangerous things, not outside of their walk with Christ. But they'll do, a day, they'll do something quite dangerous, do something quite radical, but there is something driving them to do that. Now, I believe God is looking for some seemingly crazy people to do some crazy things for the kingdom of God. 
You know, I believe we should all be able to do things outside of our normal, outside of our natural, because of the power of God working on the inside of us. And his power works on the inside of us because we recognize it is his love for us that compels us to do things. See, the experience and, experiences and the revelations that Paul and the early apostles had had so changed them that they went on to change the climates of the world they lived in. I mean, the spiritual climate. You know, you, you hear a lot about climate change now. You know, people will, people will protest and do all sorts of things because they have, they have a, they have a, they're being compelled by, you know, living for climate change, climate change, climate change. And so we'll do this and we'll do that and we'll, we'll, you know, people will protest and people will do things and, and all sorts of crazy things. Yeah, because they, 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 they are concerned about climate change. Church, we need to be, we need to be concerned about spiritual climate change. about spiritual climate change? What about the spiritual climates of the, of the world? What about the spiritual climate of your neighborhood? What about the spiritual climate of your sphere of influence? The people that hear your voice? The people that see your actions? What about the spiritual climate there? We have a responsibility, I believe, to change spiritual climates, not just in church on a Sunday morning, but in the lives that we're living, wherever we may be. You know, people should be looking upon believers and saying, there's something different. You change something. I feel much better when I'm around you. You know, as spiritual people, we recognize a climate which is unspiritual. Hello? Now, we recognize a climate which is, which is antichrist. We recognize things because of what he is in us and who, what he is doing through us and in us. So the spiritual climate of our influence should be, should be being changed as we, as we go about our business and what we do. But you see, these, these, these early apostles, they didn't start out like world changers, did they? They started out just ordinary people. But something changed their world and in turn they changed the world around them. Something changed them. You know, they had the encounter with Christ. The Holy Spirit came upon them. And Paul, the apostle, it's the love of Christ that compels me. It's the love of Christ that controls me and charges me to do what I'm called to do. Some, so something changed his world. Something changed the world of the early apostles. And they, in turn, changed the world around them. They became these connectors of the current of the power of God. Yeah, the world needs to see, your people in your world need to see you as being this one who is a connector of the current of the power of God. You are the ones, you are the people, we are the, the church is, is those who are to bring the power of God to people's lives and see it manifest in them. I believe we have a responsibility. They became connectors of the current of the power of God. They did seemingly crazy things that advanced the kingdom of God. Crazy things. Crazy things that advanced the kingdom of God. And they were able to do it because they were driven, but they had something motivating them. For the love of Christ compelled them. Of what he had done for them, and then positioned them to be who they were called to be. Even before Jesus, we find men and women stepped out beyond their natural, beyond their normal ability, and then normal understanding to activate the purposes of God. 
for their generation, in their generation. It says in Acts, when, 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 when David died and was rested with his father, he said he served the purpose of God in his generation. In serving the purposes of God in his generation, he served the purposes of God for his generation. But he didn't start out that way. He didn't start out this great, this great world changer. He started out looking after a few sheep. See, when you think of Abraham, Moses, Joshua, Gideon, David, they, they seemingly had very small worlds. Isn't it amazing? We can have a fairly small world, but, in, but just in, we've heard already today, in through our giving, we can touch the world beyond us. They had seemingly very small worlds, but they were driven by their love for God and their faith in God. Come on, people will say, oh, you know, man, you know, I, I, I love God, but, and I love God, I have this love for God, but do you have a faith in Him? The Apostle Paul had a faith in a God. He had a personal relationship, personal understanding. You know, in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 19, I think it is, where we talk about, he talks about giving uh, and, and receiving and having enough and being able to manage. He says, and my God, and my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. See, Paul's there saying, and my God, because I know my God, and I have a faith in my God. I know what he's able to do. I think sometimes people serve a, God, serve, serve a different God than I serve. You know, my, my, my God is a, is, is a providing God. My God is a healing God. Amen. My God is a, is a restoring God. Some people, it seems like they don't have a God that they believe can provide or can heal. Some people have a, my God is a, is a mean God. No, my God is a faithful God. Amen? So Paul is able to say, people can grab all the scriptures and they take them uh, but, uh, and claim them for themselves. But, you know, we can do that when we have that same faith, when we have that same belief. But Paul is able to say, my God will do this. And my God will do that. The God who I serve. See, that they were driven by their love for God, but not only their love for God, but their faith in God. Maybe they don't, didn't always understand their, their love for God, but they had a love for Him, but then they believed in Him. See, the love of God opens up a whole new world, and the whole new world is not small. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Not just a little part of the world, not just a little type of, just one culture over here or one culture over there, but for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And our communities, our neighborhoods, our, our, our sphere of influence need the love of Jesus. They need the love of Jesus. That same love which we receive and which drives us, they need to see that. And they will see that, I believe, when we are compelled by what he has done for us. Because when you, when you start getting excited about and thinking about what he has done for us, it opens, I believe, up a whole new world. See, I, I don't believe, you know, it's very easy to, to, be, to be shaped out of the will of God by our environments. 
You know, you only got to read the newspapers. Well, I don't suppose you read newspapers now, do you? You read a, you read a phone or, or you watch a news report. You know, there's a lot of stuff going on that I believe needs to see a demonstration of the love of God. There's a lot of stuff going on that could cause us to, 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 to get fearful and to get worried and to get uncomfortable. But when you know the love of God, what the love of God has done for you, it compels you to, re, to, 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 to think differently, to believe differently. We don't have to be shaped out of the will of God by the environment which we live in. See, we, we have a responsibility to shape. Amen? To shape. You know, we, you, you, you all here, you're, you're living out your lives and you're living out your lives as a result of something that has shaped you. You, you know, we're all, we're all like a, 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 a blob of clay, if you like, that are being shaped. And sometimes other people get their, put their hands over, the, over your shoulders of the shaper. I'll do that. And they, and they and start to shape, to try and shape us. We don't have to be shaped out of the will of God. We need, I believe, to be the shapers. We have a responsibility. Ephesians 3 and verse 10 says, To the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in heavenly places. We have a responsibility. The body of Christ, the church, has a responsibility to be shapers. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. To thinking differently. See, we, we have got the, the, the commission that Jesus gave his disciples before he left this earth was not just a commission for those people who he was, were in front, of them, in front of him then. They were a commission for the church, for, for, for believers. We've got the commission, but not only have we got the commission, but we've got the authority. Hello? But we have the authority to take the hope of the world to a hopeless world. Not only do we have the authority, not only do we have the commission, not only do we have the authority, but we have something which Jesus himself said, I am sending you power from on high. We have the authority, we have the commission, and we have the power. We have the power. You have the power. Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly, over and above what we can ever think or imagine according to the power which is working within us. Ye shall receive fear. Ye shall receive power. Sometimes I think, you know, we, it's like we receive negativity. We receive weakness. We receive intimidation. No, we receive power. I will send you power. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And in receiving that power, you shall go. And you shall be. He's just talking to just ordinary people. Just ordinary people. When they met with Jesus, when, if you like, when they went down, but after they'd gone down, they came up 
and they came up different. They came up as recipients of power. They came up as people, men and women, who were equipped with authority and with power to go and make a difference. It's, 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 it's a shame that too often the church has, has got, it's almost like it's less together than the world. And rather than being influencers, we end up blending in. I heard this quote, and I can't remember where I heard it from, but I heard this quote, and I wrote it down, we have taken a God-centered gospel and manipulated it to fit a human-centered preference. We manipulated it to become human-centered. You know, before we, before we went into this, we were just talking about this as we came to church this morning. You know, before we went into uh, the two-year of challenges or were they challenges? I guess they were. Before we went into two years of challenges of lockdown and COVID and all that sort of thing, you know, we were sensing God starting to do something different in, in, in church and, and doing something different in our lives and in the lives of believers and what the church is here for and this sort of thing. And, we were, and, and then when we came into the opportunities, because I believe lockdown gave us opportunities. Getting, getting ourselves out of a human-centered preference. Because maybe not always had God been central to his gospel. And we've taken a God-centered gospel and manipulated it to fit a human-centered preference. How many, how many, when it comes to things of the kingdom of God, we, talk, we say, well, I don't like I'm not keen. I don't like. And sometimes the church looks very different than I believe how God sees the church. Because many times at church, we could do okay without God. Many times we could say probably we could do okay without God. Till we stand at judgment. Him done without God. When Jacob had that dream, and he placed his head on that rock and had that sleep, and he had that dream of angels ascending and descending from where he was to heaven. Remember what happened when he woke up? talked about this before many times because I believe it's important. He said, then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, surely the Lord is in this place. And my translation says, and I never had a clue. New King James says, and I didn't realize it or something like that. And I did not know it. He says, surely the Lord is in this place. And I didn't have a clue. I didn't know it. And he was afraid. And said, how awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God. A gateway to heaven. This coming and this going. This gateway. So many times I've, I've come across people in church. And they haven't got a clue that God's in the house. 
what do I mean by that is we, we're in church and we, and we don't appreciate what he's doing. We don't appreciate the connections that we're making. We don't appreciate what is going on. Or they don't appreciate the significance of, and the power of church. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 9 through 10, when Jesus is talking about praying, and he says, in which manner should we pray? And he says, in this manner pray. In this manner, therefore, pray, O Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God wants us to be these people who experience heaven on earth. But not only experience it, but play our part in creating it. Play our part in allowing heaven to be manifest on earth. It's not just a prayer we should pray just once a week or whenever you feel like it. It's a reality, I believe, that we should be striving for. The nature and the culture of heaven manifest on earth. Not just in the building, but, in, but on earth, in, in, your, in your community, in your relationships. Sometimes we get very, we get very sort of, compartmentalized with our relationships of what we what we allow to be see if, see if you like see a manifestation of Christ of heaven on earth your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven you know is there a manifestation in he of heaven on your social media feed oh no well I don't use that for that well, where, where is the difference where is the difference? Well, I don't, I don't get involved in that sort of talk with that sort of person. Then why do we pray that your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven? What is it that's compelling us? See, the love of Christ compels us to be, I believe, who we are, who are we called to be. It's almost like we've, we've, we've redefined normal. You know, we were talking when we first got into lockdown about, you know, we can't do things normally. But what is normal? Oh, we're going to have to redefine normal. Oh, we're going to have to create some sort of, we're going to create some sort of process where we can re, 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 redefine what is normal for us. And where did, did, did God fit into that? I hope so. I remember having a book, reading a story, seeing it, I don't think I ever read it, but I think it's titled The Normal, normal Christian Life. Well, who defined normal? Maybe I should have read the book. And I'd have, this is a good book, is it? I, mean, I believe the normal Christian life, it must be radical. It's normal Christian life must be full of faith. Because God says without faith, it's impossible to please God. You've got to have faith. We had to have faith to get saved. And if we had enough faith to get saved, see that transformation in our life that way, we should have been able to have enough faith to see a whole lot of other things take place. You see, the church has got what it takes to go beyond normal and see a manifestation of heaven on earth. Because in Acts chapter 4, verse 3, it says, when they, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, they perceived they were uneducated, untrained men. They marveled and they realized that they'd been with Jesus. And when we walk through life, when we, when we post that post on social media, we put that picture of our coffee up or whatever it is we post or a selfie of this or a selfie of that. Is it evident that we've been with Jesus? 
is evident. Is our life demonstrate that we've been with Jesus? In that story, we have this story of these story of these early followers of Jesus. They took the authority which they had. They mixed it with power. And outside of the confines, if you like, of that discipleship program they were involved in, they took the power of Jesus to the circumstances of everyday life. And taking Christ, it brought hope to those who'd lost hope. They didn't have Jesus in person. I wonder, you know, have you ever thought what it would be like if Jesus was actually in person in the room? Well, in many senses, he is. Many times you hear people say, I'd love to have been around when Jesus was around. I believe he would have freaked you out. He would have freaked us out. See, that love expressed through Jesus was driving them. I believe they walked through their city, they walked through their neighborhoods with the eyes of Jesus and the words of Jesus still in their ears. And then it became recognized that the name of Jesus of Nazareth had power. That had never seen, never, never been experienced before. But when used by ex- seemingly unexperienced, uneducated, Untrained men had power because it was that love of Christ that was compelling them. Those two early disciples, they went to on that, they were going into the temple, weren't they? Peter and John. And they recognized their natural had limitations. But the love of Christ was compelling them. What he had done for them, how he had positioned them, he was compelling them. They recognized their natural limitations. He said, yeah, we can't give you what you're expecting, but we can give you what we do have. See, sometimes the expectancy of the church is usually just works. And good works are good, but there's more. Sometimes the expectancy of a church is just charitable deeds. Well, that's good, but there's more. There's more. Even to the lame man, that they, they, were, they were going to be the usual providers of his sustenance for that day. But there was more than just good works compelling them. There was the love of Christ that was driving them. There was more. There was more to the lame man. They were just his providers of his daily needs. But something had happened to these people that was now driving them. Something happened to them that was driving them. They be, now they weren't just the people that were just going to roll up for prayer. Walk into the temple, do their praying, get out, get on with life. It wasn't just a, something to do on their to-do list. It was to just get on with life, get it over with, get on. They weren't, they weren't those sort of people. They were desperate to see the power of God manifest in life. And now there was the power of God was driving them. They had had an encounter with Jesus that left them a new creation. People who were not just conveniently adjusted, 
that they were a brand new creation, new creation in Christ Jesus. All things have passed away. The Bible says, behold, all things have come new. They were children of God and their lives have been changed from, 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 to beyond normal. Changed to beyond, beyond normal. They weren't who they used to be. The love of Christ it was driving the fact they were a new creation man. See, God has no respect for a person, is he? So what he did through them, he can still do through you. What he did through them, he can still do through you. He is the same, he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It says, and through the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done among the people, and they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch, yet none of the rest dared join them, but the people esteemed them highly. And believers were increasingly added to the Lord, and multitudes of both men and women, so they brought the sick out onto the streets and laid them on the beds and couches, as at least the shadow of Peter passing by might fall on some of them. Also, multitude gathered from the surrounding cities in Jerusalem, bringing sick people and those who were tormented by unclean spirits, and they were all healed. Something changed by people whose lives have been changed, whose lives have been equipped, and lives have been empowered. Why? Because they, they recognized and they took stock that the love of Christ had comp was compelling them. For the love of Christ... 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 14 in the Amplified Version says, For the love of Christ controls and compels us because we concluded this, that one who died for all, therefore all died. <clears throat> Our lives have changed. Our lives are not who we used to be. We are new creations in Christ Jesus. And when the love of Christ compels us, it totally flips us, it changes us, it causes us to be who we are. Sometimes I don't believe we fully appreciate what happened when we get saved. totally repositioned us. When Paul the Apostle, he wasn't the Apostle yet because he was still, still Saul, the persecutor of Christians. When he had that encounter on the Damascus Road, he went down one way and he came up changed. He came up changed. He came up experiencing or having experienced the love of Christ. And because that is what he experienced, it totally changed him. It changed his motivation. I believe his motivation was rooted right deep on the inside of him. He was never going to be the same again. Never going to be the same again. And it caused him to do things he never thought possible, I believe. And, and as, we, as we see believers getting people, people the, the people who changed the world, the men and women who changed the world, the men and women who changed their their environment, the men and women who change their sphere of influence for the better, demonstrating the hope of Christ, are those who recognize the love of Christ and what it did for them. It wasn't just a wishy-washy love that I love this and I love that and we love you, or everything's nice. It was a love that drove him, motivating, motivated him to go to the cross. Which in, which in believing that totally changed us. And when you, when you, it's amazing what people will do if you like in people, people set up charities, don't they? Because of something and, and are driven by something which in many ways seemed like it was a negative thing. 
and somebody suffers in a particular way and they experience something which is which is traumatic or they experience something which not maybe not always traumatic but it, but is life changing they will set up a charity or something in honor of that and, it's, and it motivates them to do to do incredible things but when we when we recognize what Christ has done for us it, it is that power which motivates us to do incredible things for the love of Christ controls and compels us father i pray this morning <clears throat> that, when, that when as we understand what you did for us the sacrifice that you made what drove you to do what you did what motivated you to do what 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 you what you did for us in turn motivates us to do what we are called to do for you Bob says that for, for, for by grace we have been saved through faith. It's a free gift. It's not of works that anyone should boast for. We are his workmanship created in Christ for good works which he prepared beforehand for us to walk in. For I thank you that you are the preparer of us to be prepared for you to walk in what you have prepared us for. Father, I thank you. And Father, I, I, I pray that you, you would allow our attention to get on and to focus on to what you did for us and in turn causes us to do what you have called us to do. What you've created us to do who you've created us to be. Father, we choose to be a people to be controlled and be compelled by your demonstration of love. Let's stand on our feet as we close out this morning.